Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Philippine shares have managed to pair the day's losses to the close, stay above 8,000. But as Michelle Long tells us, the local market may be in for more sideways trading. Down all day, the PSE index still managed to recover at the last minute to finish flat, still above 8,000 amid tepid trading in Asia, as trade jitters and Hong Kong unrest soured the mood. The index closed flat, just up by two points at 80.12, with value turnover just half of this year's daily trading average. I think it's going to continue to trade sideways. The fact that it was able to hold 8,000 today uh, is a big surprise. It remains to be all about earnings still. A few have reported earnings over 10%, but the great majority are running at 7.5%. And yet, the stock market is expecting 14% for the whole year. Speaking of earnings, Ayala Corporation nearly doubles its nine-month net income to 46.2 billion pesos. Looking at the breakdown, its banking, real estate, and power units helped offset the weakness of AC industries, which includes integrated microelectronics, or IMI, which, in its words, has been experiencing one of the sharpest and most widespread downturns in global manufacturing. And ICTSI saw its net income rise 7% in the third quarter of the year, bringing profit in the first nine months to nearly $185 million or 10 billion pesos. Rizal's port operator says growth was partially tapered by the acceleration of debt issue costs associated with a partial prepayment of the euro-denominated loans back in July and the absence of a one-time gain from interest rate swap back in 2018. Meantime, the Konsunhi Group's holding company, DMCI Holdings, saw an 11% decline in profit in the third quarter of the year, dragged by Semirana Mining and Power. Earnings were also pulled by lower receipts from DM Konsunhi and DMCI Mining. In other corporate stories, Dennis Oy's Udena Corporation is buying Wendy's Philippines and all of its 51 branches in the country for a still undisclosed amount. This further expands its food and resto portfolio, which already includes Conti's Bake Shop, Family Mart, and Enderon Colleges. Wendy's is home of the famous square hamburgers, natural cut sea salt fries, and the signature frosty dessert. And it's confirmed, Mani Pangilinan wants to buy Chevron's 45% stake in the Malampaya Deepwater Gas-to-Power project off Palawan, citing possible synergies with service contract 72 around 100 kilometers away over the disputed recto bank. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Senate files a resolution seeking to extend the validity of the 2019 national budget. Senate Finance Committee Chair Sonny Angara says such a move is necessary to extend the validity of funds that are not released yet due to the delay in the passage of the 2019 budget. He also cites the election ban, which barred government from spending funds for new projects during the May polls as another reason for the extension. The 2019 budget was approved by President Duterte in April, but he vetoed the controversial multi-billion funds under the Department of Public Works and Highways. A dismal failure. That is how a Philippine senator describes the Duterte administration's ambitious infrastructure program, citing the slow implementation of projects. But Oshetti Antares tells us the government is confident 
it would be able to complete some 40 projects by the end of the president's term. Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drilon has previously stated only nine of the 75 projects under the administration's Build, Build, Build program have started. Drilon was able to confirm this information during Monday's plenary debate for the proposed 4.1 trillion peso 2020 national budget, while interpolating budget sponsor Senator Sani Angara. The Build, Build, Build program is the legacy of the Duterte administration. It showcases major infrastructure plans on roads, transportation systems, airports, new cities, and flood control and management facilities. One of them is the ambitious Panay Guimaras Negros Bridge project, which aims to connect the three islands in the Visayas. It has yet to be started. Drilon doubts the government will be able to deliver its promised 100 projects to the people, and he blames the Transportation and Public Works departments. Uh, it's sad to say, the build, build, build program of this administration is a dismal failure. We have only two years and a half left of this administration. I don't think any substantial uh, progress, uh, in so far as the program is concerned, will be achieved. Uh, as I would repeat, uh, the execution is simply dismal. Angara, meanwhile, identifies the road bridges in Clark, Pampanga, another in Binondo, Manila, in Estrella, Makati, and the Clark Airport as among the nine ongoing projects. Angara says the government plans to replace its list of 100 projects with doable projects so it can deliver its commitment to the people. It will be a positive effect kasi kesa umasa ka sa proyekto na maaring hindi na matuloy, eh, pinalitan mo ng proyekto na alam mo matutuloy. It's just na mahirap talaga magano mag-implement ng projects, which is, not, which is not unique to this administration. Diba? Halos lahat ng administration nahihirapan sa malalaking proyekto. The office of the president, meanwhile, has this to say. Senator Frank, look at the administration you previously belong. Six years, not a single infrastructure nagawa. <laughs> malayong malayo. Sa dami. Presidential advisor on flagship projects Vince Dison, who also heads the Basis Conversion Development Authority, says they are cautiously working on the BBB projects to ensure these will not be tainted by anomalies. Several have already been started, but we want to make sure that all the 100 are started at the very least. Drilon doesn't think any substantial progress will be achieved since Duterte only has two and a half years left in his term. But Dizon gives his assurance that the Duterte administration will have completed 40 projects by the time the president steps down in 2022. Sharian Torres, ABS-CBN News. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte gives up on trying to solve traffic congestion along EDSA. But as RJ Cruz tells us, the chief executive wants to fast-track the construction of elevated highways to help ease the traffic problem. At the birthday celebration of Marinduque Representative Lord Alan Velasco and his wife when Monday night, President Duterte could not hide his frustration over the traffic along EDSA. The chief executive reveals he has refused the proposal to grant him emergency powers. After one lawmaker he did not name expressed concern that the additional powers may be used for corruption. Na 
The president was candid projects begun under the proposed powers would not be finished within his term. Instead of emergency powers, Mr. Duterte wants to expedite the construction of elevated highways, which he says will provide some relief. The House has already dropped a bill granting emergency powers to Duterte, but one of the lawmakers present at the event sees the president's words as a challenge. Samang-sawa na siya sa mga politika na nangyayari ngayon. Ang atas po sa inyo, bagamat gan nagbigay na ng pahayag ang presidente, hamon ho yun. At the House of Representatives Tuesday, the Metro Manila Development Authority briefed members of the Committee on Metro Manila Development about their plans to mitigate traffic congestion during the upcoming holiday season. Former MMDA chairman and now Marikina Representative Bayani Fernando insisted his proposal for an organized bus route system is the only solution to EDSA traffic. Under the proposal, public utility buses will be allowed to ply EDSA with a set time and point of embarkation and disembarkation. The MMDA says this has been tried and it has not really worked. We don't appreciate that because when the traffic comes to EDSA, they will reach everything. So it's not effective. That's why we just want to use everything. Meanwhile, House Transportation Committee Chair Edgar Sarmiento says they are ready to lay out their plans for easing Metro Manila traffic before the office of the president. Central to the plan is the consolidation of the metro's bus lines. Ang pinaka-logical po na transportasyon ay bus pa rin habang ginagawa po natin ang tinatawag na mid- or long-term projects ng gobyerno. Walong routes pa ito, hindi lang po EDSA. So, ibig sabihin, kasama carousel type, andyan yung EDSA, Fairview, Quiapo, lahat na po ng major thoroughfares kung saan po magkakasyang bus. Sarmiento claims many bus companies have already agreed to the centralized and computerized dispatching of buses, which, if approved, could be implemented by February 2020. R.G. Cruz, ABS-CBN News. A dim outlook grows for the IT and business process management industry here in the Philippines. As Juan de Guzman tells us, the industry's 2022 growth goals are no longer attainable. The IT and Business Process Association of the Philippines' 2022 goals are out of reach. A study commissioned by IBPAP and conducted by the U.S.-based Everest Group shows the Philippine IT and Business Process Management sector's revenues can grow by between 3.5 and 7.5 percent. By 2022, employment growth, meanwhile, can reach between 3 and 7 percent. Those forecasts are lower than the original target set in 2016 for revenue growth at 9.2 percent. Employment growth in the new study is also lower than the 2016 forecast of 7.8 percent. IBPAP has not been optimistic, reporting below target growth for the last few years due to several factors, including a global slowdown in the industry due to slowing developed economies and protectionist policies and anti-offshoring sentiment, uncertainties regarding the rationalization of fiscal incentives and the impact of automation and artificial intelligence also adding to worries. On Tuesday, however, they were a bit more upbeat. Quite a number of large incumbents proceeded with their expansion plans with notable growth in the countryside. We also started to see some new global technology players scaling up their operations here in the Philippines. The Everest Group, meanwhile, stressed the global industry is slowing, not just the Philippines. However, it also noted there are some unique concerns the Philippines needs to address. How well is the Philippines equipped to deal with digital services? Like the talent shortage from a digital, digital services standpoint, the uncertainty with the incentives. Those have been some areas of concern for our clients. 
The Contact Center Association of the Philippines, meanwhile, says the public should not be bothered by the low end of the forecast range of the Everest group, as it is a worst-case scenario. CCAP head Benedict Hernandez adds the industry will continue its efforts to ensure the incentives rationalization proposed under the second package of tax reform will not have a negative effect on the sector. Ongoing naman yung dialogues. What we want to get everybody behind is that there is an upside opportunity to the 7-7.5%. It is going to be significant uh, material impact to the Philippines. Uh, and therefore, we want to secure that uh, support and help. Incentive rationalization under Tax Reform Package 2 remains pending before the Senate, which is currently busy tackling another bit of tax reform, the raising of sin taxes, which has just been certified as urgent by President Rodrigo Duterte. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Trade Department is looking to expand livelihood programs and create more business centers nationwide. This as it seeks to encourage overseas Filipino workers to put up their own businesses. More from Zen Hernandez. Mervyn Komia worked as a service crew in Saudi Arabia for two years. But instead of getting paid $400 a month, according to contract, he only got $300. Because of this, he decided to just finish his contract and come back home. He used his savings to buy a motorcycle and used it for delivery services. He saved some more and put up a community store that his wife can manage. Together, they now earn double the amount he used to earn as an overseas Filipino worker. Kahit pa paano, hindi siya ganun kalaki, kasama naman ang pamilya at nakakasurvive naman po, nakakapagtabi-tabi pa rin po. To encourage more OFWs like Mervyn to get into entrepreneurship, the Department of Trade and Industry is aiming to create at least one business center in each of the more than 1,400 municipalities in the country. Currently, they already have over a thousand. Interested individuals may get loans of at least 5,000 pesos to a maximum of 200,000 pesos depending on the size and nature of the business. May OFW Desk Bawat Negosyo Center. Pwede silang pumunta doon at magtanong. Paano namin ma-expand yung negosyo? Gusto nilang malaman ang financial literacy, malaman anong mga documents, legal papers. Aside from the trade department, agencies like the Overseas Workers' Welfare Administration also give 20,000 pesos in livelihood assistance for distressed OFWs. Some OFW groups find it too small, which is why some lawmakers believe it is time to review if such support is enough. Siyempre, may inflation din. Yung 20,000 nun, hindi na 20,000 ngayon. So baka madadapat dagdagan din. According to Philippine Overseas Employment Administration, records, OFW deployment dropped by 3% in 2017 compared to 2016. This is because new hires also dropped by more than 20%. However, records also show that rehires increased by more than 4%, which means more OFWs opted to go back to employers overseas instead of staying in the country for good. Zen Hernandez, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANT YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.